Welcome everybody to episode 139 of the Metabolist 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben, and David. And tonight is the concluding episode of Spyfall, Chris Chibnall's series 12 opener. Indeed, yes. So, we got to know, we got to find out what was going on. Yeah. I guess, kind of. <laughs> sort of. They weren't the yeah. Vord. It wasn't the Vord. It wasn't, it wasn't the Vardens. Nope. Boo. <laughs> it wasn't any virtual reality at all. Not that we're aware of, no. It was Danny Barton's evil plan, mm-hmm. egged on by the master, to convert the human race into data storage, right? Yeah, hard drives. <laughs> yeah. Hard drives, which, yeah, it's a pretty good plan. Yeah, well... It, yeah. He almost got away with it, too. He would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for those pesky, pesky kids. <laughs> pesky who, who, who team. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the resolution of the cliffhanger from part one? Yeah. Uh, they got to be really careful with that kind of um, Curse of the Fatal Death style. <laughs> I'll just nip back and fix it. Right. Stuff. Because if the Doctor can really do that... Mm-hmm then uh, we're in trouble. I think there is a... Um, God, isn't there one of those short trips stories like from years ago with the McCoy Doctor doing that over and over and over and over and over and over again to like it just becomes kind of ridiculous? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think good, fun, nice. Mm-hmm. But I think I think you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was funny. I, I liked it. And it, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it, was enough, yes. it was clever. And I liked that... It wasn't all at once. It wasn't that that Ryan just stumbled upon the seat pocket flight instructions, but <laughs> he's looking and then one seat over, one seat over. You know, it get it kind of yeah. let a, let him on a little scavenger hunt, and I thought that was very, very, very doctory, very Whitaker doctory. Yeah. And then the laminated card with the artwork of Ryan finding, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finding the floor panel, and then with Whitaker in her doctor costume giving instructions and stuff. I thought it was all really tied well. And then just the the Blink-style video, the interaction with Graham saying, yeah, don't panic, Graham, and don't talk back to screams, Graham. And right, right. It's a nice joke. It worked better for me, I guess, than you, but I, I like that bit a lot. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> or just the app, piloting made easy, and Ryan going, "What? how did this get right, installed on my right. phone? <laughs> I mean, I don't fully buy... Mm. That you can blow up the front bit of an airplane and then just land it using your no. phone. No, um, that's but this kind of is magic, fantasy. magic planes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I suppose that I suppose that the technician at Britain and they were flying from California, right? Right, from San Francisco from to San Essex. Francisco. So that's like a, that's an eight-hour flight. Mm-hmm. So presumably, all this kicked off quite a long way into the flight. And they didn't have to fly mm-hmm. for eight hours with no nose. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it happened Don't, almost right after takeoff. And I that was did, the, yeah. what we were meant to believe that it, because they kept making a point of how strong that cockpit door was. Yeah, yeah. That's a long, that's a long time to be in the air <laughs> with just um, flying the plane on his phone. But I'm sure, I'm sure that, I'm sure that makes sense. I'm sure that makes it. I, I, yeah, yeah, that's oh, yeah. That was that was bothering me a little bit. The distance Did it? Okay. Hmm. Since since it's a flight I do with monotonous regularity, right? Um, I'm well aware of how long that takes mm-hmm. and how tired you are as a passenger by the time you've gone all the way to Essex mm-hmm. from um, from San Francisco. 
um, how tired you'd be as a pilot, not only as a regular pilot, but as a pilot who's flying it <laughs> on an app via their, via their phone. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, little, 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 little problem there for me. But... It stretched the credibility for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did they have to get them to Britain again? I think that's just where Barton was planning to go, and right? So he could yeah. go kill his mother, I guess. Yeah, that was a bit random as well. I guess he hated his mother, which is fine. he had mother issues, obviously. He had mother issues, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I thought that was a bit unnecessarily mean, actually. To be honest, I think that was just setting him up for well. He killed his mother, and now he's going to kill all of humanity. So, it, what actually happened to him in the end? He, we don't know. It's a cliffhanger. He called for an extraction team, so I think he yeah. may be back. Do you, do you think Danny Barton, the evil Danny Barton? Do you think the evil Danny Barton will bring the master back with him? Well, the master is in what the Casavan uh, dimension or the Casavan dimension. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I mean, the, I, I guess what I'm saying is that the master is again, you know, notoriously able to escape from any oh, death sure. that's been yeah so yeah i mean he escaped yeah. the nazis so <laughs> once yeah. his uh what was it a, a tiny teutonic psychic perception filter <laughs> yeah so I th- okay this was confusing me so like so why didn't the master go back to his tardis in the middle of paris because the doctor took it with ada and uh, newer that's how they got oh yeah they did i'm sorry i'm yeah, being dense. that's why he had to yeah. take it was very curse of the fatal death with him having to take the long way around and having to live yeah. through the rest of the 20th century and yeah he was just lurking about the rest of the 20th century <laughs> all, you, the, I mean, all the while the delgado master is battling yeah it do out you think Pertwee. yeah i mean do you, do you think he ever tried to contact his his other self i don't know if he learned his lesson talking to <laughs> missy and uh, the that's sim master true. That's true. Don't. Probably best not to contact yourself. Yeah, yeah, don't bother. So where is the where is the Master's TARDIS now? Uh, we don't know. She ditched oh. it for her own. So wherever Ooh, okay. her TARDIS was, I think she left the Outback Steakhouse there and switched to the police box. So somewhere in Sheffield, in a garage, a lockup in Sheffield, there's an Outback Steakhouse. Well, okay. it, was it at MI6? Hmm, where was her TARDIS last? It was... San Francisco. It was San Francisco. It was out at the vineyard out in front of... Yeah, it was out of the vineyard, wasn't it? Danny Barton's estate. Well, I guess the Outback Steakhouse would fit... Fitting better <laughs> north of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So the, I think I think there were certainly to me there were there were a few loose ends skidding around, hmm. but that's fine. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. We had yeah. a bit of a celebrity historical this time around with uh, Ada Lovelace, Charles Babbage, and Noor Khan. Khan. Yeah, um, though I have to admit, whenever anyone turns up mm-hmm. in a in a kind of TV fantasy or novel, or comic book, and it's the 18th century, sorry, 19th century, and they're called Ada, and they're a woman. It's always Ada Lovelace. So I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I wasn't very surprised. No. There. Who else is it going to be? It's always Ada Lovelace, exactly. It's always Ada Lovelace. But they're nice to see Charles Babbage get a look in for a change. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Noor Khan, so that I was being educated there. That was that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she's related to Yaz? Mm. This isn't Yaz a Khan. Yeah, she is. Yasmin Khan. Ah, yes. Well, but Khan is kind of like Smith or Jones. It's a it very, is. very common is. last it name. Is. It is. That, that is. that is true. That is true. <laughs> However, they're both fictional. Well, only one of them is a fictional character. So um, she can be related to whoever the writer decides she's related to. She could be, but it would have to be like second or third cousins once removed type thing because Khan never made it 
did not make it out alive from the Second World War. That is true. She was she was killed in the concentration camp. I yes. think, mm-hmm. based on my my cursory Wikipedia mm-hmm. researches this afternoon. So I think that's a really a credit to Chibnall by, of course, we know Lovelace and Babbage, but then putting Khan in, it did what it was supposed to do. Went you scurrying for Wikipedia or for a history book and going, who is this person? Why is she in Doctor Who? So I think that's a nice touch that he, he did. And mm-hmm. I think especially she's a Muslim of Indian heritage who served in the Second World War with a first woman who the first really special operative agent in france so i think yeah. i think it was a really good call out even though she didn't get much she was kind of upstaged by uh ada lovelace i think yeah yeah and i and again i'm i'm one it's 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 a lucky coincidence <laughs> well that's that's what all this is it's lucky yeah that's the, the the doctor was able to bump into a British agent, the first person that she met when she was in Paris. Mm-hmm. But fair enough. Uh, again, they could have, um, uh, you know, there could be some some kind of doctory sort of, you know, I don't know, mind melding sort of vibration thing, so mm-hmm. that she'll be drawn towards her. Yeah, the one person who can help her, help mm-hmm. her in war torn Paris. Well, what did you make of that mind melding that she did with the master midway through the story? I I like that. That's happened before, right? That can happen. I think it happened in the Time Monster, if memory yeah, serves. Yeah, I think it did happen in the in the Time Monster. Yeah, I'm I was fine with that. I like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I like you know. I think the Doctor Master relationship was very well done. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sasha Dear One is 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 a definitely a master. Mm-hmm. I, I hope he will return. Uh-huh. Oh, undoubtedly, very, undoubtedly, very upset if he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they had him in the um in the very beginning, kind of season opener means he's got to come back, <laughs> especially with all this malarkey, which I'm sure we'll touch on later on as well, um, with, the, with, the, with the timeless child and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Do you think it'll be like season eight where we'll see the master in every episode cropping up? Yes, yes. <laughs> I hope that's what will happen. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. It's been done before, but it would be... Uh, the more Sasha Duan that we see, the better. Uh, he is an excellent master, and uh, he's even growing out the beard. So <laughs> he's even growing out the beard. Excellent. He's doing a doing a stand up job getting that beard, mm-hmm. getting that beard done. What did you think of their confrontation? Uh, he's going kind of crazy with the tissue compression elimination. I like the going. I like the um, the going crazy with the um, with the tissue compression. I was a bit confused. I mean, it seemed it seemed kind of slightly gratuitously steampunk to have like ooh all these crazy oh, sure. crazy 18th century adventures that no one's ever heard of before mm-hmm. um i thought that was a bit little bit unnecessary <laughs> but uh again some great mastery great mastery action and i think Whitaker played the doctor perfectly in that with the little uh eye rolls and sort of like okay i'll play your game i'll kneel and she just yeah she wasn't confrontational about it she was playing along to save the people but you could just tell that she's sort of like oh yeah really this is the best you've got yeah <laughs> yeah kneel? No. no i would have <laughs> yeah if i'd been the master i would have been infuriated by her uh-huh. inability to kneel properly before me <laughs> kneel before Sutek right so Sutek. I would be like kneel properly kneel properly Sutek Sutek <laughs> um yeah so uh yeah 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 and obviously um and and Ada got some good side eye too when Charles Babbage was saying uh 
like the the silver woman all like all great ladies she has much for decoration as she is for purpose so yeah that was a bit much yeah. chibnall was playing to the audience that he built up last season and uh, there's a lot of girl power punch the air moments throughout it sort of like the doctor saying i don't have a tardis but i have an ada for an example and then ada lets go with the uh, home hand grenades so yeah types of that bigging up ada lovelace into uh, action heroine yeah though i i guess i would have preferred a little bit more kind of ada, Le- ada lovelace's kind of mathematical genius thing maybe she could have solved an equation or or maybe i don't know maybe the difference engine could have done something they could have cranked that one into life and mm-hmm. it would have solved a difficult quadratic equation that was stumping everybody that allowed them to work out the can't remember the names now the thingy dimension mm-hmm. access thing for the dimensiony creatures yeah of doom but you know who knows yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it was very reminiscent of the way that chibnall plucked out uh nefertiti in uh dinosaur on a spaceship where they just have a little cameo a little bit of action scene yeah. so i think this is i always forget that he wrote dinosaurs on yeah. a spaceship yeah it was very dinosaurs on a spaceship mm-hmm that's a good reference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it worked really well. And then some wag on the on the internet uh, had an alternative ending where I think it was Graham who said, are we being replaced? Mm-hmm. And they edited out the scene uh, where the doctor says no or anything like that. And then they she just switched to the ada and Noor run and they head back to the tardis like that ah, funny <laughs> and, i haven't seen that I'm and sure then that just have graham up. yaz and uh, ryan with their jaws agape just going huh <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's funny i haven't seen that i should check that yeah. out yeah yeah so <laughs> pretty uh, pretty dark with the master dressed in nazi uniform i think being a nazi yeah Though, I mean, obviously, I mean, I was thinking about this. I mean, the ma- the master would find the Nazis as ridiculous as he finds the Daleks, mm-hmm. you know. So he's just dressing like that to blend in. The master's not actually a Nazi. He thinks all that stuff is silly. The doctor said it is low even for him to dress as a Nazi. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he was stomping around Paris being all evil. Yep. I still have a slight reservations about war-torn Paris being quite so war-torn, but, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I guess they had to have that to kind of, you know, I don't know. Did I mean, they I have guess to? My... I didn't. I, I mean, I sent you that path, a uh, British you path did, news, yeah. newsreel about a, a bombing run on power plants and stuff, but it just, from the little I know about World War II Paris, it really it didn't suffer air raids. Didn't get bombed at all, of... basically. No. I mean, it, when, it, when it was bombed, it was the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there weren't bombs around the Eiffel Tower and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, so blitzing it up like that, I think... I, don't, actually, I actually don't know why they did that, to be honest. Because, I mean, what you know, Paris occupied the Nazis is a scary place. You know, you can still have Nazis stomping around being nasty to people without there being kind of like kind of machine gun noises in the background and kind of searchlights mm-hmm. and stuff. You could even have searchlights. You could have people because there was obviously a curfew, I would expect. And I yet would have thought so. Yeah. Ada and Noor were kind of swanning around the streets of Paris at dark with other people walking in the street, just letting them go by. It, it's, Who knows? It, it yeah. seemed a little bit convenient for the story. Yeah, the Nazis, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the, some of the Nazis were under those bits of, uh, where am I going? 
that we were directly involved in were under the control of Ober Sternban Fuhrer, whatever he was called. Um, I'm just giving him a random <laughs> German sounding thing. Um, master. Um, mm-hmm. oh. so I don't know. What, what, is, what, what is German for master? I don't know. Uh, der Master. Mm-hmm. Master in German is Meister. Meister. Yeah, mm-hmm. Meister doesn't sound that good. No. Um, how long had he been in Paris for? I couldn't imagine very long at all. Yeah, so he's been able to like you are the I am I am the Meister. Ich 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 and ich I I can't do German. I am the Meister. You will obey me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like picked up a spare uniform and started hunting the doctor. Mm-hmm. How did the, how did you know the doctor was coming to Paris? Because he was tracking her through the cassava energy. The or cassava and energy. Yeah, yeah of course. something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's how. That's something how like they. That. It, again, it's convenient to the story. It added dramatic moment. It introduced a historical character, character that's been sort of forgotten in in the public consciousness. So yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. that could be part of the agenda uh, of, of Chimnall this year. And honestly, I prefer he does something like he did with uh, Khan more than what he did with Rosa, which center a whole episode around her. I think it's better to have. Uh, Kind of walk-ons. Walk-ons. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, having been up the Eiffel Tower, I mean, they got up and down the Eiffel Tower pretty quickly. Well, maybe um, she flew, just like in City of Death. Oh, that's true. That's true, because <laughs> you, can, you can fly. Because you, when you can fly down, you can certainly fly up. They could have both flown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The master could have just flown away when the Nazis were coming to get him. It was a nice little scene, though, with uh, was nice the Jodrell Bank reference, though, I thought. I, I like that, with uh, the master asking if uh, he ever apologized for that, and the doctor says, no. <laughs> and he says, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I was hoping I didn't. There's something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good bit. That was a nice little callback. I mean, it is, you know, we, 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 we're desperate for these little, these little snippets. Mm-hmm. Us ancient fans, so it's nice. It's nice when those are given to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah. Graham had some good lines through it with uh, his laser shoes. Yeah, I, not, again, <laughs> <laughs> kind of played for laughs a little bit. Graham's well, laser that's shoes. his character. This, this that is his character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do. You, I mean, do you think he's going to keep his laser shoes? Do you think that's going to be his distinguishing characteristic going forward? He's a new canine with his laser, his yeah, soft whenever... shoe shuffle. Exactly. Whenever there's a problem, Graham just like does a quick tap dance and laser beams. He has shoot to. out of his souls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's his new hat. That's his new pickle sandwiches. Cheese <laughs> and pickle sandwiches and laser shoes. Graham yeah. and his laser shoes. Laser shoes. Yeah. Huh. And then what else? The scene uh, where they get the guards or uh, Barton's henchmen to come and swarm on them when Yaz is placing a phone call home to her sister. And then Graham says, it's you, you boys who are going to have to get on the floor because these are fancy laser shoes and yeah. all that. Yeah. And, and then Ryan starts doing typical Ryan where uh, you think we're so stupid. And then, and then we knew you'd come for us. And now we've got your phones and we're going to steal your car. And that's how smart we are. And then Yaz yeah, from the backseat of the SUV going, Ryan? Don't tell them the plan. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice. I mean, they are really actually starting to develop the characters a bit now. I mean, I think mm-hmm. both Ryan and Yaz have got slightly more to do. And uh, they're kind of reacting in ways that we would expect their characters to do, which I think is good. And I think there's mm-hmm. more of that. 
And I think the more kind of hapless chump that they make Ryan, I think the, the better it is, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if Yaz can be the kind of smarty pants of right. the of the of the team, and then the Lisa Simpson, yeah, the Lisa Simpson, exactly, nice one, of course. <laughs> and then and then you know Graham is the kind of you know silly dad. Mm-hmm. I think that makes it. And then you know the Doctor is the kind of sassy mom. Um, <laughs> then I think I think we've got a nice. I think we got a nice thing going basically. Ryan had those type of moments where you know he 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 said something when they were went dark or went underground, and Graham says, "Yeah, we should do it." Ryan said, and Ryan goes, "I'm sorry, did you say Ryan was right?" And Graham had you know came back, yeah. "Yes, I did. Enjoy the moment, son. You won't hear you it. You won't often, hear that often. So. Yeah, no, I like that bit. I like that bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, the fam had pretty good yeah, chemistry I, although I so, yeah. it did seem like Yaz got the short stick again it didn't really seem like she had much this episode yeah I mean they should have yeah yeah I'm trying to think I mean she was the one who was hanging on to the device at the end and was starting to be taken over but yeah. if, uh, if our screaming damsel in distress theory for Ryan held up that would have been Ryan who was hanging on and Yaz would have been trying to pull him off. I mean something. it's clear that you know they wanted to separate them to kind of give them all more to do which I think is good. Um but until part 2. <laughs> until yeah. But I mean I think I think then you know with the, having the doctor you know the doctor that just, just then collects another couple of companions um right. you know with with Ada and Noor so that could have easily been Ryan and Yaz that that wouldn't right. have been a problem and then yeah, I don't know anyway yeah hmm. well I think you needed Ada definitely uh you probably didn't need to have you probably didn't need to have the detour in Paris for whatever reason I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure what the point of the Paris thing, other than to dress the master up as a Nazi and then have that final, final scene at the very end when uh, the doctor is saying goodbye to Noor Khan and with Noor saying, "Answer me this one question: Do the fascists win?" And with the doctor saying, "Never, not as long as there's people like you." True. I mean, they're doing pretty well right now. Yeah. Well, they're on the rebound, unfortunately. They certainly are. Um, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, mm. everyone loves the Second World War, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean, it's fun, it's fun to have the master, the, the master, the master dressed up as a Nazi, and it's fun to have war-torn Paris, but I I kind of agree with you, the, and, it, and it, again, maybe it is an opportunity for the master and the doctor to kind of talk without there being some plot going on or too much plot mm. going on, which I think mm-hmm. is helpful. But um It did do that, yeah. Yeah, it allowed, you know, the master to talk about the kind of ooh, revelation about what's yeah. about what's going on, um, without the doctor having to having to foil something uh, at mm-hmm. a great speed. Um but yeah, yeah. What did you think of that big revelation? Well, the old timeless child. Um, well, I mean, well, well, that the, well. First off, the master destroyed the citadel. He apparently he he nuked nuked Gallifrey. Yeah, or well, at least the capital city. Yeah, I know. Um, because he was so mad about the timeless child, apparently. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, RTD destroys <laughs> Gallifrey. Moffat brings it back again. <laughs> Chibnall destroys it again or something maybe mm-hmm. so I don't yep. know it's like it's either on or it's off um, mm-hmm. you know I mean Gallifrey is just a thing now I preferred it when there wasn't a Gallifrey I find the whole gun Moffaty collars and 
people stomping around moaning about Rassilon. Um I think Gallifrey's best when it's used sparingly. Mm-hmm. And I felt that um that Moffat in the end started to be to be use it too much, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is pleasing me in 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 neither ways because a it's been destroyed again, which is like okay, well why bring it back if you have to go destroy it again? Um, and b they're now going to be moaning about Gallifrey for the next eight or nine, ten thousand episodes because we're going to have to work out <laughs> what's happened to it. So you know whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure Gallifrey will turn out just fine in the end. It'll be restored from the hard drives. It certainly will. They'll reboot Gallifrey. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I'm going to ask you the question now. Of the big reveal yes. of the Timeless Child? Yes. Well, we got to see our favorite monster from the previous season, the prophetic Death Scarves of Doom. So I'm really happy to see that yep. call back there. Yep, yeah. yep. They're, they're, <laughs> and they're still just as scary. Just as scary. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Timeless Child looks to be a little girl uh, in Gallifreyan robes, the best I could tell. Yep, yep, yep. Uh... Susan? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think what's clear to me, when we do get stuff from Classic Who, it's got to be stuff that can be, as I was thinking I was saying last week, it's got to be stuff that can be explained easily and quickly with reference mm-hmm. to something that looks good. Which, actually, I mean, I was thinking about it um, the last couple of days. It's why, even though I desperately wanted it to be the Vardens, it never could have been the Vardens. Because mm. all the, the one all then the BBC would have had to have like shown old Varden footage, and everybody would have gone like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, Doctor used to be shit, didn't it?" And uh, which would have been not good. So that's why it could never been the Vardens. So if I guess if it is Susan, then I mean I guess Susan's quite well. Well, it's quite she's yeah. quite well established in kind of mm-hmm. contemporary Who, especially with uh, an adventure in time and space. So. It's possible, mm-hmm. but that was a long time ago now, though, I guess, Adventure in Time and Space. So. Yeah, but it really bigs up like Lung Barrow or something, and it ups the ante for Susan being more than just a Gallifreyan, that she's a timeless child, and it's it's right, not Susan. yeah. It's, it's fans looking for connections when there really isn't anything. It's, yeah. you know, what the timeless child really reminded me of is the hybrid that Moffat Ugh. had. Oh, I don't like that hybrid. Yeah, it's just... It's the MacGuffin for the story arc that really is probably not anything that's going to be crunchy and satisfying at the end. Yes, yeah, just a bad wolf, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm. One thing I found interesting with when the uh, Master was being uh, uh, claimed by the Cassavans. Right. That uh, they kept saying obstacle, which is what they were saying earlier in part one. And I wonder if O is for obstacle. Oh, yeah. So perhaps, I don't know. It it could be one of those coincidences rather than a real pattern, too. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Well, I mean, as I said, he'll he'll definitely be back. Well, he had Um, his big Wrath of Khan moment, too, with Doctor. He'll definitely be back. He'll be definitely back with with Daniel Barton. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess we'll find out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I hope we don't have a very kind of involved, like, let's save Gallifrey kind of season finale that would be kind of uh i don't know a little bit tiresome for me i mean if gallifrey's been destroyed by the master because the time lords are evil fine but let's just leave them let's leave them let's leave them destroyed for a bit that would be my desire i don't know i thought the whole backstory of the timeless child and the founding fathers of gallifrey lied was very contemporary and it seemed to be almost 
a U.S. politics, U- United States type uh, reference, where a lot of the a lot of the mythology, uh, to, to lack of lack of a better word, a lot of the uh, received history uh, that's mm-hmm. taught in American schools kind of whitewashes out slavery, how much of the wealth of the United States was built on slavery and that type of stuff. So a lot of American rah-rah USA bits is based on a whole lie. So the use of founding fathers really struck me as an American phrase rather than a British phrase. Yeah, I like that. I hadn't thought about that, but yes. Hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that would fit with everyone's desires. And, um, yeah, I like that. Okay. Mm. But, again, yes. don't know. It's just, a, just a, yep. the, the, the phrase founding fathers, I think, is mostly associated with George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, that generation of colonial right. revolutionaries who fought against uh, George III back in, what, the 17, 1770s, 1780s. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I guess I didn't. I didn't fully pick that up. But yes, that you are entirely correct. It, entirely correct. Maybe, maybe there'll be a, maybe there will be an American Revolution episode coming up. That'll be contentious. <laughs> no, I doubt don't, it. Don't know. I, I don't know. I just wonder: is the founding fathers a phrase that's common in British English? What would we say? Would we talk about the founding? I'm not sure. We see. I'm not sure we talk about the American the George Washington No, but people. just a phrase at all. It's not it's not a British phrase. It's I think I think I would think if we use the phrase founding fathers it would be a more generic phrase to do with a bunch of people who founded something who were also men mm-hmm. rather than something that had a specific specific resonance with um the American founding fathers. So the founding yeah. fathers of Gallifrey would be what Rassilon and Omega. I guess. Do you think we're going to get Omega coming back with his hmm. with his giant chicken? Or <laughs> which which Omega, Omega do you think we're going to get? Um, the chicken one or the one with the blobs? Um, I don't know. Blob blobs. Blobs. Yep, that's the best Omega. Don't like the chicken one. <laughs> yeah, Return of the Gale Guards or the Gel Guards, whichever guards mm. you fancy. Yeah, we did a whole episode. We did a whole episode on that. <laughs> fact fans. Um. Yeah, everything you know is a lie. I'm so confused about Gallifrey at this point that as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned, everything I do know about Gallifrey is a lie. So, yeah. I like the uh, mad lady in the box better yes. roaming the universe rather than yes. this whole backstory yes. with Gallifreyan history. So yes, Chibnall is kind of walking walking the line here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think all in all, um, I pretty much enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was a step up from last week, honestly. I, I like it a I, I lot better than I did last week. Yeah, yeah. Could just because taken together, things made more sense. Right. Uh, I, I still think that the character of O wasn't telegraphed very well to be the master. It did seem like Chibnall was writing a different story and then abruptly changed direction. And much like with a P.D. James mystery, I don't like that when she does that. Right. Where she introduces characters towards the end that actually were the murderer. Right. So to me, it's better to seed all the clues in early 
and your viewer may not be able to pick up on them only in retrospect, but the clues are there. I'm not sure the clues are there with O. Well, actually, I mean, I was looking at some clips that people were posting on Twitter and there were some acting clues from Sasha. Hmm. Um, But I mean, I think I think as I was possibly trying to say last week, you only really pick up on those acting clues once you already know he's the master. So it works on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does a weird little smirk when they talk about how Danny Barton can't be a fake because he's built up this huge person, this huge kind of, you know, legend personality of, of kind of images and, and stuff mm-hmm. on the Internet. And little Harold Saxon. Yeah, action. little Harold Saxon action. And like, there's a really, there's a little, tiny little smile he gives when the doctor says, doctor says, well, it's been done before. Um, and, you, mm-hmm. and you see him just smiling quietly, which again, mm-hmm. I think in some ways you read that as him mm. being just a bit of a weirdo living alone in a hut in the middle of Australia when you first see it. But when you watch it again, you're like, ah, yeah, he's the master. So mm-hmm. of course he's smirking because he did that once and he did it very well. So I think uh, Dwan did a lot of research or did a fair bit of research when he was cast as the master to get the whole backstory. There's a little clip on the BBC website with uh, Sasha giving the whole history of the master. Oh, yeah, I watched that. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. And so he did a nice job with that. And then he posted on Instagram kind of a long a long bit about uh, him getting casted and how much he enjoyed playing the master. Uh I was, I was wondering if you would be willing to read that. Why don't I read that out? Hang on. Right, here we go. I will not attempt to do Sasha's very elegant northern accent. I'll just read it in my normal non-northern voice. But this is me being Sasha Dear One. I don't usually write posts like this, but here we go. It's January 2019, and I'm in the middle of a rehearsed play reading with a talented bunch of actors, one of whom is Peter Capaldi who I've been watching in awe for the last couple of hours. However, my heart feels like it's just dropped 50 floors off a derelict skyscraper. It's not a nice feeling. I've just spoken to my agent during a quick tea break. I've been asked whether I'd be interested in playing O in Doctor Who, a secret code name for The Master. O is my first reaction. My agent lightly puts his foot on the gas pedal. You know, Time Lord Nemesis, Jody, Master, The Master, The Master, O. And you start filming in South Africa next week. All I'm hearing is words and I quickly end the call. I don't jump up and down. I don't run the length of a corridor. In fact, I solemnly walk back to the rehearsal room, my heart pounding faster and faster. It has a habit of doing this nowadays. I sit opposite Capaldi, staring at him once again, but more intently this time round. He's got all the answers to so many of my questions right now. Peter, what do I do? What do I do? (laughs) But the reality is I'm sworn to total secrecy. Capaldi looks up from his script and meets my gaze as he sips his coffee. He smiles at me. Fuck! I had made the decision to take some time out at the start of 2018. It had been an amazing couple of years, but my health was all over the place and my body was craving some serious TLC. I couldn't help but feel trapped by continuous bouts of anxiety particularly over the last couple of years, which has slowly resulted in me losing confidence in myself and my ability. It was time to take this important wake-up call and attempt to make necessary changes. But as life has it, I had chosen an industry which doesn't make it easy to make the call. It was never going to be this straightforward. So when I boarded a plane to South Africa one week later, I was a nervous shipwreck. I just didn't feel ready to step into the Who universe. 
I'd had a small taste of it during Adventure and Spice and Time, but it felt different. The story here had already been written, its history documented in time. Now I was being handed the opportunity to make my own history, and it was down to me to decide how I wanted it all to play out. I'd been accustomed to putting unnecessary pressure on myself. I just had to take each moment as it came. The first, meeting Jodie Whittaker in the makeup trailer on my first day of filming. I had worked with Jodie many moons ago. Would she even remember who I... She jumped out of her seat as soon as I stepped foot into the trailer and gave me the biggest hug. All right, mate. It wasn't just a hug. It felt like an unspoken gesture which reassured me. We were all in this together. I recall the look Capaldi gave me as he sipped his coffee. A strange blip in time, as if he somehow knew I'd been granted access to the secret. When you step into the Hooniverse, you are fortunate enough to see and experience all the specific mechanics that make the show possible. But for me, it goes beyond that. It's not just a crew made up of random people. It's a tight-knit family that welcome you in full-heartedly with such generosity. Over the course of filming, I gradually started to feel that I could breathe again to simply enjoy what I do. Right from the moment I met the drivers in the early hours of the morning to having lunch with Jodie and others in her trailer, which, by the way, was always open to everyone. More importantly, I found confidence to speak to somebody and not be afraid or feel ashamed for doing so. I'd quietly held onto my anxiety for so many years, unsure what to do with it, unmasking it with a brave face and a nervous smile in the hope it would just disappear, working on who encouraged me to let go. And yes, the job is important, but it was the individuals behind the scenes who inspired me to think beyond the TARDIS, and anything seemed possible, and in a way, by letting go, I felt free to do my best work. I want to say thank you, particularly to you, Jody, for being a true company leader, as well as the amazing team behind and in front of the camera. And to you, the audience, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did making it. What a bloody joy. Kisses. Thank you for reading that. Well, what a nice, what a nice chap he sounds. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of actors, he's desperately insecure for no really apparent reason. Yeah. Um, but but I um, think this is the uh, the role of the master has been invigorating, or uh, like uh, I like hope it seemed so. like it yeah. was a release for him. It's a confidence building almost. So yeah, he's got he's got nothing to be ashamed of. He's an excellent actor, and he's a very good looking excellent chap. master too. So <laughs> and he's an amazing master, mm-hmm. exactly. So and he was in he was just in Dracula too the the, the Moffat the, the Moffat, Gatiss bit yeah the Moffat Gatiss yeah. Dracula which I haven't seen mm-hmm. yet um though I'm probably going to give it a go even though it apparently suffers from a third act drop off like so many Gatiss Moffat joints um but yeah I mean I mean let's hope let's hope that Sasha's the master for you know many seasons mm-hmm. to come I think he he's an excellent master and he sounds like a nice yeah. bloke. Deserves deserves to be mm-hmm. happy, and I hope he got the TLC from the cast and crew that he needed to recapture his mojo. He certainly seems like he has his mojo in Spyfall. Right. So I'm now I'm idly uh, piecing through his <laughs> um, his Instagram. He's got Crohn's disease, poor oh. man. Ouch. I, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2006. It's taken me 13 years to talk openly about having the disease. Otherwise, my mental health which I feel go hand in hand and can often be a trigger. It's good to talk. And I can uh, and only now do I feel that that, uh, that a huge weight has been lifted. Hmm. Oh, poor Sasha. Yeah. Oh, I feel I feel all I feel full of compassion for him even though he's an evil <laughs> Nazi. Plays an evil Nazi. Nazi master. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good. I'm really glad he's part of the Who family. I think it was a brilliant bit of casting on Chibnall's part. I think it's a very, very smart piece of casting, and I think he's a very talented actor. Um, you know, I remembered him from you know his marvelous turn of Varys Hussein, um, and I think you know he's a he's a very and he's got that suaveness mm-hmm. of Delgado, and he's got that kind of manicness of Sim. So, and I think that's good. And his beard <laughs> looks to be as as full as as Ainley. So you know, um, I think he's got everything going for him. Was Ainley's beard real? I thought that was fake, or maybe that was just his toupee. I thought it was his toupee. I thought he actually grew the beard, but <laughs> the, oh, maybe maybe it was all fake mm, from Anthony. I think it was Who all knows? fake for. He was he was boy he was boy he was like a bowling he was like ball Nardle. exactly. <laughs> so I'm guessing you rated uh, uh, part one a little higher than part two. Yeah, actually, I did rate part one higher than than mm-hmm. part two. I mean, I, I you know, and again, this is only me, you know, as usual, criticizing people for something I can't do myself. I mean, it's only because you know it's very very hard. I always find to people to resolve these stories in ways that I personally find satisfying. Mm-hmm. I would have liked the Paris interlude, Paris cutaway to be more, to be, have been better integrated. Mm. And I would have preferred there to be a longer, more time in Paris and less time in whatever bit of Victorian England they were in. Steampunk England. Yeah. Steampunk England, which I think has been kind of done mm-hmm. to death in a way that kind of wartime Paris hasn't been done to death in terms of, uh, in terms of kind of fantasy TV. Mm-hmm. So that didn't work for me hugely. I was disappointed it wasn't the Vardens, <laughs> even though it never so would have been. that. It never would have been. Um, I was disappointed that they didn't. I don't know. Daniel Barton didn't get like dissolved mm. or zapped or turned into a smoking skeleton or I don't know was sucked off into endless torment in the Kasabian dimension. <laughs> So yeah, so but but otherwise, otherwise I liked it very much. Well, yeah, I think good. he's at large. Uh, I think he is going to appear again, perhaps. Yeah, in the series finale, maybe. I don't know. That's the I next mean, time hope, Chibnall is hope, writing, right? Yeah, hopefully someone's arrested him <laughs> for conspiring with some evil aliens mm-hmm. um, and also murdering his mother, which seems a little unnecessary. Yeah, you would think him be on the run, but maybe it looked like a heart attack. Who knows? Maybe it did. Maybe it mm-hmm. did. Maybe it did. And maybe, maybe um, I don't know. All those, uh, all those uh, spies with their um, DNA rewritten have kind of forgiven him at this point. They're probably dead. Would be my guess. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. So I'm guessing the spies that had their DNA rewritten were all hard drives at that point. Yeah, yeah. Not entirely sure what everyone was going to do with a planet of hard drive people. Hmm. Um, uh, well, probably what people do with uh, the cloud. They just stick whatever crap on there. It'd be a Kasavian <laughs> family photos or whatever. Net- <laughs> Kasavian Netflix. Yeah, exactly. there you go. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to watch movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, funny. Yeah, uh, so um, again, it, it's, it's certainly apparent to me that you enjoyed it more than you enjoyed last week. Yeah, so a different director. To, this had Lee Haven Jones versus uh, Jamie Magnus Stone and... Oh, the lens flare count, I think, was zero. So that was a big win on my part. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So it had a different tone. Uh, I think think the things that Chibnall queued up more or less were fairly well resolved. He's even trying to pick up some of the loose ends that he dangled out in the previous series. So, uh, uh, you know, 
So a little bit of the timey wiminess that Moffat was doing. Hopefully, it won't get out of control. But I, this is a I'll time be careful tra- with that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a time travel show, so he gets away with it this time. Yeah. Um, who's writing next week's? Uh, I think it was the Take You Away Ed Himes writer, isn't it? Okay, all right. Because that was a very that's a very minimal trailer. I'm not sure I like minimal trailers for next week, but um. I guess we saw what's his name from the Inbetweeners, which I guess is the, he's the guest star. So what's the Inbetweeners? Is that the guy with the green hair? Yeah. Um. Hang on. So the Inbetweeners is a completely kind of you know what's the word zeitgeisty comedy show from the two thousands about a bunch of kind of sixteen seventeen year olds at high school in Britain and all the kind of wacky adventures they get into hmm. okay um so yeah a, another another kind of comedy star basically okay. involved we'll see what happens with orphan 55 what did I'm you trying... make of that claw i don't know it's a monster i mean I, i'm not going to ruin it for myself i'm not going to ruin it for myself by pretending it's going to be a classic monster it's going to be i thought new... it looked like a slovene hand personally uh i thought it looked more like an old style silurian hand to be honest oh okay it was a claw i can't imagine chibnall would really want to return to, <laughs> to, to the, the silurians Silur- yeah yeah after having true. bollocks them up and yeah i can't imagine him wanting to bring back the slovene either so no it's none of those people mm-hmm. yeah i'm just trying to find out what that guy's name is uh, uh james buckley A.K.A. Jay from The Inbetweeners. All right. Uh, I never found The Inbetweeners that funny. Um, there's plenty of clips of about them on uh, from The Inbetweeners. They were they made a move. There was like a couple, I think, a couple of Inbetweeners movies. Um, it was a big, 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 big deal in the 2000s. All right. I mean, it's mainly it's mainly a sitcom about masturbating, as far as I can gather. Great. <laughs> so so. Maybe not your kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I'll hazard a guess. Um, yeah, it's kind of a bawdy sitcom about teenagers. All right. Yeah. Yep. Probably won't be looking that one up, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. any any final thoughts? Uh, no. Okay. I I I I think um yeah. Okay. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I'm I'm feeling. Feeling good about. I'm still feeling good. Still yep. feeling good about this upcoming series. I think the two averaged them um, averaged out to be a fairly good story, all in all. Fairly, fairly good season opener. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Right. More Sasha. More Sasha. Uh, every episode. Every episode. Season every episode, eight. Like, season eight. Yeah, he pulls off the claw to reveal a human hand, and it's the master again. <laughs> He's the adjudicator. It's the adjudicator. <laughs> I'm the adjudicator. Oh no! It's the master. Um, I think that would be kind of good. Well, we had that church scene in the uh, preview trailer where they were outside a church. Maybe we have Reverend Magister again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, okay, I, okay, I'm not going to spoil it for myself. And I'm going to say, I'm going to predict every episode, the villain will be the master until we get so irritated about it always being the master that it's not the master. Well, we have only seven more stories to go. So how could we be sick of the master by after, exactly. after that? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, very good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 139 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been talking with Ben. And I've been talking with David. And Orphan 55 next week. Uh, talk to mm. you then. Okay. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, as a number two, at gmail.com or on Twitter at metabilis2. And again, that's a number two. Hope to hear from you. Bye.